Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. Hello, welcome back to the She's Known podcast. We are in episode six of season two, and the topic that I wanted to touch base on today was how God's working in the mundane. Sometimes we get lost in the idea that God only shows up in our high moments or our low moments, but in reality, God is always with us, whether we feel him or not. Don't limit God and think that he can't or that he just is not doing something. He is. You just don't know it, see it, or realize what he's doing behind the scenes of your life. Now, before we move on to um, all of our points, let's go on our hot mess moment. So hot mess moment. I recorded this episode already. And then when I went back to replay it, I realized that I hooked up the wrong microphone. Yes, I hooked up the wrong microphone. So here I am again, round two, recording. Oops, and I, as I knock over my microphone again, gosh, dang it, Lauren, get it together. Okay, round two of finding God in the mundane. I've got four points for you today. Uh, point one, some of the most ordinary moments cultivate the strongest faith. Now, there are so many times when I felt God was not near and that I had to do things on my own, but in reality, he was there. Maybe I pulled away from him. Maybe he was taking a step back to watch me soar, but either way, he never left me. We need to learn that in these moments, we need to trust God more than ever. Lean into him. He may appear to be silent, but that does not mean that he has stopped working or moving in the background. Or maybe you just stopped inviting him into your everyday life. Or maybe he's growing in you. I, I don't know. There's a bunch of possibilities. Now for me, y'all, I am in... I'm in a waiting season. I'm in a mundane season. I'm in a burnout season. I'm in a things feel like they're falling apart season. Um, so I definitely feel like, God, where are you? Why can I not feel you? Why can I not hear you? Why can I not see you? Why do I not feel you guiding me anywhere? I just kind of feel blank a little bit. But I have to keep reminding myself, just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. These ordinary moments are cultivating a strong faith. So take King Dable for King Dable. King David, for example. That's what I meant. I put David and example together. <laughs> King David, for example. So in First um, Samuel, we learned that David was a shepherd. He was living his everyday life, just taking care of sheep, feeding them, protecting them, serving them. Bears would come and he would kill them. Lions would come and he would kill them. Whatever animal was trying to eat the sheep, he would cut, they would kill them. And he just worked this laborious job every single day while his brothers went off to war. Now, later on, 
we go on to know the one of the biggest stories in the Bible, David versus Goliath. Now, homeboy voluntarily, voluntarily faced Goliath. He was like, oh, a giant? I can take him down. It's cool. I like have killed bears and stuff before and like lions. It's like cool. It's fine. So he voluntarily faced Goliath. The work he had done in the mundane, the boring everyday parts of his life, of his shepherding life, helped him defeat Goliath. Those mundane day in, day out, sunrise, sunset, herding the sheep, feeding the sheep, protecting the sheep, herding the sheep, feeding the sheep, protecting the sheep over and over and over again. They led to his strength building, his endurance building, his mind being sharpened, his um, body being physically capable, and his skill set with like, he, he was pretty bomb with a slingshot. That's how he got Goliath. But he honed all these skills in that mundane. Ruth is also a pretty good example of this. We all know Ruth, Ruth and her Boaz. Oh my gosh, we all want our Boaz. Don't worry, girls, our Boaz are out there somewhere. Um, but Ruth's a good example. So she married into a family that followed God and then her husband died and she had a choice. She could have like a normal person back then gone back with her family to, um, Moab and like the Moabite people who did not believe in God, or she could stay with her mother-in-law, which was like a little bit of a, like a lot of bit of a controversy. Like it's, she couldn't give her another son. They would just be two poor women just struggling and working hard kind of a thing. But she decided to stay faithful to her mother-in-law. She followed her. She said, where you go, I go. Um, the God you serve, I serve. Where you live, I, I will live. So she made the choice to follow her mother-in-law, Naomi. Side note, I just find it interesting. Naomi called herself Mara, which meant bitter because she was sad because her husband and her boys died. But she's got her daughter-in-law. Um, now, Ruth was doing all the ordinary things. She was just trying to provide for herself. She was trying to provide for Naomi. She worked all day in the fields. Um, and that's that's how she met Boaz. Now, it was not like a massive Hallmark movie moment between the two. But Boaz did have a heart to help and to redeem Ruth and the family. He was technically part of that extended family of Naomi's. But he noticed her in the everyday. He noticed that she was kind, that she was hardworking, that she was faithful to Naomi. Boaz noticed all of these stand apart attributes. Knock it off. Sorry, my cat's attacking things. Um, he noticed all of these stand apart attributes and all of them from her ordinary mundane life. All right, point two. We can't skip over the ordinary boring parts of our lives and we don't want to. I know. I know right now it really feels like you just want to skip over those boring parts of your life. I get it. Y'all, I'm in a waiting season. I'm in a pruning season. This season is rough. But we also don't want to skip over it. Here's why. We tend to measure our lives 
in wow factor moments, right? The truth is that most of the moments in our life are nowhere near wow factors. And in my opinion, it would be very exhausting if my life was just a wow factor moment every single day. Y'all, my social battery would not be able to handle that many wow factors. I like a good wow factor, but like that's a lot. Um, not everything's a social media highlight reel. Those selfies and the reels and TikToks you see, they were not made in one try and with zero filtering. Like, let's be real. They weren't. There was work and effort and time put into that highlight reel that you see. In my own story, had I not done the work of waking up early in the morning to start my day in prayer and with Jesus and had not stayed faithful doing the small things like holding my tongue when I wanted to snap at someone. And girl, let me tell you, I want to snap at people so much sometimes and it's like not good. And God's working in my heart to change that. So it's fine because he's going to make me better. But um, had I not done those small things like checking myself or making the effort to stay after youth or after service to help clean up or go to the extra small group thing when I really just wanted to sit home and watch Netflix. Had I not done these things, these little acts of faithfulness in my everyday life, I wouldn't be the person I am now. Small acts of faith and obedience is really where it's at. Small acts of faith and obedience. Just do them. These are not always going to be wow factors that make you feel like the main character of the movie or a stage moment or when you get all the glorious credit. I get it. I want credit for things too. I want recognition too. I'm human. We, we all want that. But I have to constantly check my heart to make sure it's focused on God and not myself. Those big moments of miracles are totally possible and awesome. But to get to the mountaintop, you have to climb the small, faithful steps. One step at a time, y'all. One step at a time. All right, point three. There is always a lesson to learn or grow, or there's always a lesson to learn or growth to be had in relationships and friendships. They just don't happen overnight. They don't. I don't care what the movies tell you. Those things don't happen overnight. There's growth there. There's lessons learned there. There's getting to know people. Let's get real for a moment. I have trauma. I mean, we all have trauma. I have trauma that I struggle with from my childhood that makes it really, really, really uncomfortable for me to trust people and be vulnerable. I know it, I know it is because it's totally weird. I know I get it. Me being vulnerable when I'm talking about how I don't like to be vulnerable. But it's true. I have a hard time trusting people. I have a hard time opening up. And then I felt God constantly pulling on my heart and my mind to be in community. I knew that that meant I had to do a scary thing. I had to talk to people. I had to let people in. I had to get to know others and turn <laughs> and in turn I had to let them get to know me. I get it that's scary. But think of it this way. We're constantly, and I'm guilty of it too, wanting people to just pursue us, want a relationship to pursue us, want friendships to pursue us, but we're not willing to do any of the pursuing ourselves. If we want people to pursue us, we have to pursue them too. Because if not, who are we getting? 
We go stay home and wait for the mailman to, to ring the doorbell? No. Mm-mm. 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 Um, I, last season I did a podcast about community and how I found mine. Honestly, it was so scary and very uncomfortable. <laughs> and that fear taught me so much. Y'all, I showed up at my pastor wife's house. Well, my, I guess it's my pastor's house. At the pastor's house to be in my pastor's wife's group without ever having set foot in the church or meeting her in person. I don't necessarily recommend that, but <laughs> that fear taught me so much. The chance that I took and put myself out there. Now it didn't always work. And sometimes I fell flat on my face, but some of them did stick. And now they're like my best friends. Through this, I grew as a Christian and as a person. One of the greatest examples of faith from my perspective is Daniel. Think about the faith that he had while he was in the lion's den. It was not just magically thrust upon him in that moment. No, Daniel grew his faith so that when he went into a wow moment or a big moment, his faith took center stage and carried him. Not only did his waiting and his mundane time help grow his faith, but it launched the faith of so many others who saw what God did in the lion's den. It wasn't one day he just crawled into the lion's den and said, all right, God, I trust you. No, he took small steps of faith, small steps of every day getting to know him, loving him, fasting, doing all the things for God so that when he did get into the lion's den, his faith wasn't the problem. His faith wasn't even a question. God was with him because he took small steps of faithfulness. That kind of bleeds into point four. The mundane, ordinary times are the building blocks that lead us to the extraordinary gifts from God. These ordinary times are your building blocks. Create good habits now so you can see the fruits later. When I first said yes to, to God calling me to go to church, I did not think it would lead me to more involvement and then more involvement and then more involvement. <laughs> I asked for community and God did so in a big way. He called me to be committed to going every Sunday. It took a while, but I soon fell in love with it and wanted to grow further in my relationship with Christ and fellowship with Christ-centered community. Some people look at me and tell me like, you know, it's okay to miss a Sunday of church. I don't go to church because I have to. I go to church because I want to. It didn't start out like that. Oh, no, no, no. It started out as me forcing myself to church. I did not like going to church. I'd sneak in the act during worship. I'd sneak out in the middle of the last prayer. Like I, I had it. I had that timing down y'all. Um, but after going faithfully Sunday after Sunday, I go not because I have to, not because I'm obligated to, but because it's my favorite day of the week and I genuinely enjoy being there and being around those people. I love my church community. After that, I started going to church more consistently. Then I felt called to be a youth leader. And um, with this, I... I like really questioned him. 
I already spend my entire work week teaching teenagers. Like, do I really need and do I really want to volunteer with them on Wednesday nights and second service on Sunday? I prayed about it. I prayed about it, prayed about, prayed about it. And honestly, I protested a lot about it. But finally, God helped me see what he already knew. Mentoring and helping the next generation is a passion of mine. I want to help young women go about this crazy world equipped in the face of the hot mess that it is and remind them that we win through the victory that Jesus has already granted us through his crucifixion. Then from being a youth leader, I had the women's ministry reach out to me um, to share a little bit about my testimony because I legit had a 180 turn. And then they asked me to be a women's small group leader for the junior high high school girls to create a bridge between the youth and the women's ministries. Now, I felt, and often I still feel, very unequipped at times, but I know that God has led me every step of the way. I would not have the opportunity to lead if I did not take the small steps to do the ordinary work, the regular habit growing of being in the word and working on being obedient. I took the small steps. Step one, go to a connect group. Step two, go to church. Step three, uh, um, stay longer at church. Step four, make connections. Step five, volunteer in youth. From there, um, get involved and get to know people in youth. From there, um, share my testimony. From there, uh, lead another connect group. From there, this and from there, that. I took all of these steps of faithfulness. And while I may be sitting in this moment of struggle, and y'all, I am burnt out. I'm burnt out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm sick of waiting for something that I've been asking God for for a really long time. I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm feeling not the most content. And I know that while it sucks and it feels so awful, I know that God's working through it and there's something he's doing through it. And I just have to, even though I don't feel him and I feel like it's pointless sometimes, I have to push those feelings aside and keep going one small step of obedience after the other. Not a few years ago, I don't know, a few years ago there was a guest pastor at our church that was talking about how, you know, our faith is like a garden. If we want our garden to grow, we don't just water it once and hope that it grows. No, you have to constantly grow it or constantly water it. You got to water it even when you don't feel like watering it. And right now, I don't necessarily feel like being in the Bible. I don't necessarily feel like being around community. I don't necessarily feel like talking to God. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to talk to God. And I'm going to be in community. Because I know the enemy wants me to fall into the trap of thinking I don't want to do those things. And in reality, even though God isn't making himself known in this fantastical moment, he is still with me and he is still a good loving God and he is still a good loving father and I am his chosen daughter. You are his chosen daughter. 
even when life feels difficult, like it does for me right now, and maybe it does for you right now, God is still there. He is working with you. He is working for you. He will not leave you and he will not forsake you. All right, you party people. So just to review my four points for today about God working in the mundane. One, some of the most ordinary moments cultivate the strongest faith. Point two, we can't skip over the ordinary boring parts of our lives. And if you think about it, we don't want to. Point three, there's always a lesson to learn or growth to be had. I know, I know, we all have to grow. And point four, the mundane ordinary times are the building blocks that lead us to the extraordinary gifts from God. So I just have a few things that I wanted to to like throw out here that like in my head made sense that wrapped in with this series or this episode when I made my notes. So we're just going to go with it. So one of my pastors at my church once said um, that serving, if serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. The serving and the sacrifice in the ordinary everyday moments is what leadership is truly about. So if you want that leadership, you want those friends, well, start serving, have a servant's heart. Um, I often say, if you or don't be kind because you because they were kind to you. Be kind because you are a kind person. It really seems so simple, but a lot of people think that they are above such a small act. Kindness and other generous gifts may seem small and irrelevant, but those small things add up. Those mundane, boring tasks add up. They can rather build you up or they can cause you to stumble and fall over. Be thankful, be faithful, and be grateful in the mundane. Worship in the average ordinary days. Practice gratitude for the small things. You never know what big things God is going to work behind the scenes for you. You just need to faithfully take those ordinary steps in your ordinary, everyday, mundane life. As usual, please rate, review, subscribe, share this to a friend who could totally like use it or like just share it to your friends anyways. Um, follow us on the gram at She's Known Podcast. And yeah, let me know if there's anything specific you want to hear. Keep taking those small faithful steps. I will if you will.